Welcome to the Renew Theology Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Bethany. We're two millennial women who enjoy discussing God's Word and how it applies to our lives. We believe in seeking to be rooted and established in the Word and allowing its truth to penetrate every area of our lives. Welcome to today's episode. This week, Emily and I are talking about an issue that's become to the forefront of Christian culture in the past month or so. We've seen a number of Christian leaders um, start to and complete de- the deconstruction of their faith. Um, this is an issue that has come up in millennial culture, but we believe that it's actually just a rebranding of an issue that the church has had for many years called a crisis of faith. Um, And we're going to talk about those issues for the church today um, and how to deconstruct what it is and some current people that are doing that and how to deal with it. Yeah, so some of the people who recently have publicly um, deconstructed their faith or renounced their faith entirely include Joshua Harris, who is the author of I Kiss Dating Goodbye, um, which was a book about um, promoting the courting over dating and um, Marty Sampson who um, was a singer and songwriter for Hillsong for a number of years and they have both publicly said they are well Joshua Harris publicly said he's no longer a Christian and Marty Sampson said that he is losing his faith and they both cited different reasons for this Marty Sampson said that um, he said pastors leave the church there there are not many miracles happening and no one talks about it The Bible is full of contradictions and no one talks about it. And how can a loving God send people to hell? Those are some of the main issues he touched on. And Joshua Harris um, didn't give any specific reasons for leaving the faith. But in saying that he renounced his faith, he publicly apologized to the LGBTQ community and said that he's sorry for speaking against their practices um, as a pastor for so many years. So this is something that is becoming more and more prevalent in terms of how we see it on the internet and in social media, but it's not a new issue. People have been leaving the church for years and years and years, and it just seems that because we live in uh, the age of social media where you can hear about people across the world within seconds, it just seems to be very upfront and in our faces. So this is something that Bethany and I just really want to take a chance to talk about today and just sort of work through like what exactly is this deconstruction? Why do we need to talk about it? And what do you do when you find yourself faced with some of these same challenges? And we're really just going to walk through this today. We've done quite a bit of research on this and we're going to also try and provide you with some helpful resources um, at the end of this episode. So looking at the definition of deconstruction, it starts with realizing that you have certain, quote, lenses you view reality through, culture, language, personal experiences, religion, family, etc. Deconstruction of one's faith involves a digging deep into what one believes and questioning the elements of faith one has from a detached perspective, attempting to challenge one's own norm without looking through any of those, quote, lenses. So essentially people ask themselves, would I still be a Christian if I wasn't born into this culture slash family slash language slash country? They experience a crisis of faith with there being a variety of outcomes. Um, so a couple things de- deconstruction is not. It's not leaving your faith without much or any thought. And it's not leaving the church out of hurt, anger, or rebellion. 
I was reading some different articles, different people have written about their own experiences of going through deconstruction. And it's really about, it's sort of from a very philosophical perspective where they're saying, you know what, I just, I realized that reality is formed based on what we think. And because humans have really come up with every concept in the world, Christianity is really just a concept. And when it's like when they come to this realization, they kind of sit there going, well, it can't really be trusted because it's just man-made to begin with. And you really have to, that's the heart of the issue you have to get at to understand why these people go through this deconstruction process. So why talk about this? If we don't talk about the tough issues, we end up with a very weak, shaky, fragile faith. So theology isn't all there is to faith. It needs to be balanced with the relationship with Jesus and living by the Holy Spirit. But we need to create a space to discuss the tough questions. So like anyone can undergo deconstruction. Deconstructionism like itself isn't bad. We just need to be careful about how we handle it. So some people who go through deconstruction, um, they end up rejecting their faith. Others find their faith strengthened. And we've got a quote here from, ooh, I don't know how to say this, Josh de Kaiser, something like that. Looks Dutch. When deconstruction is applied to faith, something important happens. It is so much more, or rather deeper, than simply starting to question your faith. Above, I stated that deconstruction starts with the realization that all of reality is constructed. Well, if you apply that to faith or belief systems, you get something very awkward. You start realizing that doctrines, dogmas, and moral rules you once believed to be enshrined truth and not up for discussion are, in fact, things constructed by human beings. So to some summarize that quote, this guy defines deconstruction as realizing that the core doctrines of Christianity are not open for discussion and that they are things that are made up by men. Somebody else phrased it like this. Deconstruction often looks like rebelling against the idea that good Christians don't ask those questions and avoiding doubt. Like shut up and toe the line. Yeah, like a lot of Christians, they have this experience where growing up in the church, asking questions was not really okay and there wasn't really a space to do that and there wasn't a healthy way to work through doubt. And so they're so tired of, of just ignoring these issues that eventually these issues come up in their hearts and they can't ignore them anymore. And the way that they deal with that is by walking away from the faith altogether. I personally can understand how that would be really jarring for a lot of people. So for the people who grew up in the church and have never had a reason to question why things were the way they were, it can be a real shock to the system for everything you know and love to have just been made up for for you to go off to university and somebody talk about deconstruction and say, look, you know, everything you've grown up with is really just unfounded. There's no foundation to that. And then because you have not wrestled through a lot of those issues yourself, you don't have any any way to really test that and figure out if that's true. So to feel like your whole life has been a lie in terms of your faith, which for a lot of the North American churches is a big part of our identity. You know, it's your faith determines the people you hang out with, how you spend your weekends, um, how you interact with your family. So to just 
suddenly be told that all of that has been a lie would be really, really jarring. So I, I think about this and I'm, I can see how it happens because I, I've read a bunch of stories about people who have deconstructed in preparation for this podcast. And a lot of these people grew up in like a smaller church or even a bigger church. It was very quiet. There might have been like a core group of families there that kind of led the church and everybody talked about the same things. And if you were never taught to question, if you were never given answers, if all it was was a this is what we do because this is what we do, then you can grow up in that and it'd be really difficult to find out later that there are other, actually other answers. Um, to never be able to ask those questions and have them be validated, to never be able to have doubts and like voice them and ask questions, it's possible you just don't know that there are answers. Like if you've never had to look at your faith on your own and be, is this mine and answer those questions, it's going to be really hard for number one, for you to be able to defend it to others, but more importantly, to live it with confidence yourself. Like there may come a time where you're going through the motions, but you're not even sure why you're doing it or if you, if you even believe it. But if you stop, your whole community is going to be concerned that you're falling away. No, you're just asking simple questions that humans have asked for two millenniums. Like, this is, this is not new. You are not new. Having doubts is a human thing, and God knows that. And he's put, like, safeguards in place for that. But if you're just never told about them, I can see how you'll be able to come to a place where you just, you're done with it. If, there's never any, if you've never had to look at it for yourself, then there's no grounding. I can see how it would be very easy to suddenly take everything apart and just leave it. So in that quote that Bethany read a few minutes ago, I'm just going to repeat the last line there because I really want to pay close attention to this. It said, you start realizing that doctrines, dogmas, and moral rules you once believed to be a enshrined truth and not up for discussion are in fact things constructed by human beings. So I really want to just zero in on this for a minute. Um, and there were a few issues I saw in this statement. There are, so there are some assumptions here. And um, the first is that the core doctrines of Christianity were invented by men. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a simple answer. The core doctrines of Christianity have been affirmed by men, but they were written in by God. We have the Bible, the living word, that that's where we get our core doctrines from. And, and this book, or lots of books put together, whatever, you know, um, it, it has certain safeguards in it that prove that it is the word of God. So that's where our core doctrines come from. But if you believe that they were just invented by men, then you have no reason to trust in them at all. Yeah, and there are a lot of, shall I say, offshoots of Christianity that yes. were invented by men. Yes. Watchtower Society, Mormonism, that's only two of them. There are so <laughs> many different counterfeits of Christianity um, or organizations out there that have taken Christianity and just twisted some of the core beliefs and those things absolutely were invented by men. But Christianity is, is what when you stick to the Bible, which is a standard that goes above and beyond mankind. Um, another issue I have with this quote is that it seems to assume that there is no rhyme or reason to the existence of the core doctrines of Christianity. Yeah, like people just kind of made stuff up and then decided this is what it was going to be. Yeah, and that there, those things have no foundation to them. 
there's no reason why we believe those things. They're just there because they work. Yeah. And there are certain denominations where you may do things like traditions that are maybe considered to be on par with different core doctrines in the Bible. And so those, they might not have very much rhyme or reason. So if you've never really looked at the difference between something that's a core doctrine that's that's biblical, like taking communion versus something that might not be in the Bible, I don't know, what's an example? like Of a non-issue? Yeah. Um, church on Saturdays or Sundays. Sure. Yeah, that's one. That's not a, that's not something that's laid out in the Bible. You must worship on this day. But if that's something that you, where the church you grew up in holds to, yeah, I can see why you might start to question the other ones. The problem is, is that the core doctrines of the Bible do have r- good foundations that are laid out. There is rhyme. There is reason to it. Especially when you look at like the ancient Hebrew culture and how a lot of the Old Testament lines up exactly with that and how they saw life and how God put things into place and then have those things mirror future events in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the last issue I have with this is the assumption that we as humans have the ability to understand all things. (laughs) One of the overarching themes that I see with this deconstruction is this idea of like, well, man has really come up with every idea there is out there. And so Christianity is just another idea, which means it's not superior to anything else. And that's where I take issue with that, where I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not going to sit here and assume that I know everything. I'm not going to sit here and assume that everything around me is, and every belief system is something purely invented by me. There are things in the Bible that I could not have come up with on my own. And well, I, humans couldn't. Right. And so for me to put my faith in the Bible, I'm putting my faith in something that is higher than myself, not something that some person before me just pulled out of thin air. Yeah. Um, there are concepts in there that are contrary to human nature, things that humans, we wouldn't come up with. <laughs> that we wouldn't want to do. And that's, and that's not an argument for the validity of Christianity. That's not what I'm trying to say, because that's a weak argument for the validity of mm-hmm. Christianity. But from a logical standpoint, um, I don't, I don't think I can say that just because I'm human, anything in the world was, could be invented by a human. I think this is a very millennial thing to think that we are the ones who can decide whether or not something is true, that if I don't understand it, that I'm going to question it and pull it apart and I am the authority on whatever it is I'm looking at. It seems to be a very millennial thing to do. Um, We seem to have a problem with authority. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bible is an authority. The Bible says certain things about our world. And if you choose not to believe them, you're setting yourself up as a higher authority than the Bible and God. That's a problem. So when you assume that, you can understand all things and then if you don't understand something in the bible or you don't get it you assume that you should and because you don't it's not true guess what god's bigger than you he has a way wider field of view than you do goes from one end of like history to the other and you're not going to understand everything that he does and that's a good thing you do not want a god that you understand yeah, and I, I agree with what you're saying there, Bethany. And the other thing that I want to just sort of tack on to that is that just because we cannot possibly understand everything does not mean we should not be seeking answers. Yes. And that's my next main point here is that sometimes we get so focused on the idea of leaving this 
restrictive belief system of Christianity behind that we just completely stop looking for answers. You know, Bethany earlier mentioned looking at things through different lenses, right? So deconstruction is when you recognize that you have these different lenses you view the world through, um, whether that's your religion or your culture, the, the language you speak or whatever. And deconstruction is all about trying to view things without those lenses. So if I, if I forget everything I know about religion and look at everything in the world, how does that change my worldview? But sometimes we get so focused on removing the lenses that we're satisfied with just removing the lenses. And we're satisfied with just leaving Christianity in the dust. And we forget to actually get the answers to our questions. If you're on a deconstruction journey, that whole journey may have started with some questions. But ask yourself if you're still looking for the answers. There are so many people, like Bethany and I said, we've read stories of people who, it started with questions. They said, I had these doubts. Or um, like Marty Sampson said, you know, why aren't more miracles happening? Why is the Bible full of contradictions? But he doesn't talk about how he looked for those answers. If you looked for those answers thoroughly and found them to be unsatisfactory, well, maybe I could understand why you would feel that you have a reason to justify leaving Christianity. But for you to just say, I have questions, so I'm leaving. That's not that's not a good enough reason. I think logically, even just from a logical standpoint, we can say that. Would, would you agree with that? It's almost like a mic drop. Like we like the idea of like poking problems and poking holes and like grabbing a megaphone, going on our Instagram and being like, these are problems that you have. You've got A, B, C, and this is why I can't do it anymore. And then you drop the mic and you walk away. Mm. It almost mm. is like the very fact that you can bring up these doubts and questions eliminates the validity of what you are questioning. Yeah, and it makes you superior Yeah, somehow. Yeah, again, setting yourself up as a, a higher authority. Mm-hmm. So we just want to say here that like it is a very, very, very healthy thing to have doubts and questions. Yes. I think that, that a lot of people are in cults <laughs> because they didn't ask enough questions or because they don't want to ask questions. So I think that we need to, we don't want to be blind. We are not advocating a blind faith. I'm saying that You need to challenge everything you believe, but you need to get to the root of those things. because I, I did grow up in a Christian home. My, my home church has been the same church since before I was born. And both my parent, parents are believers. But I'm not a Christian just because my parents are Christians. I am not piggybacking off of their faith. There came a couple different moments in my life where I seriously questioned, okay, is this true? And you might have said it was a moment of deconstruction. I just say it's a moment of owning my faith and finding the answers for myself. And I'm super grateful that the Lord allowed me to go through that before I was, I don't know, married or before I was like a, like a teacher in a Christian school or before I had kids because I've heard stories of people who have gone through that process when they did have those different issues and how it was so much more difficult. I'm a Christian because it's true. I'm a Christian because I have looked at the questions myself and I have looked for the answers myself and it's mine. Even if my parents were to, God forbid, renounce their faith, I would still be a Christian. 
even if again god forbid my church closed and everyone i knew who was a believer said no i'm still rooted and grounded in the truth of the word and my relationship with god is solid that's why it has to be your own a bible passage that um recently in the last like i think i read it about a year ago and i and it just hit me how sad of a moment this was i was really picturing the the two characters involved in it and just really picturing how this conversation maybe went um, where I wasn't just reading on the page but it was I was seeing it being I'm seeing it happen before my eyes so I just want to share this passage with you and just sort of talk a little bit about what it means to me now and and why it is why it has a sad meaning for me so this is on the story of Jesus before Pilate And it comes from John chapter 18, and it's just two verses, verses 37 and 38. And it says this. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. This really struck me because Pilate asks, what is truth? And everyone faces this question at some point. Everyone comes to a point in their life where they say, what is truth? It doesn't matter what you think truth is. Truth is truth whether or not you believe it to be true. It's called absolute truth. Mm -hmm. To me, the sad part about this is that Pilate doesn't wait for an answer. It really struck me how he looks at Jesus says what is truth and it's almost like he doesn't want an answer because as soon as he says that he walks away and he goes back outside to the jews and says i find no guilt in this man i'm not i'm trying not to like take this out of context or anything like that because you know we try not to do that on this podcast (laughs) um but i just it's just a minor detail that just has really struck struck me and, and sort of stuck with me he's staring truth in the face and he doesn't see it And that's heartbreaking for me. He looks at the son of God himself and says, what is truth? Jesus says, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. But Pilate doesn't listen. He just says, what is truth? And he walks away. I see a very similar response in a lot of people who claim to have deconstructed their faith. They they look at the church. They look at scripture. They look at God. They look at Jesus and what he's done for them. And... They look at it and go, what is truth? They're confused and that's okay. It's okay to be confused. But the answers are within their grasp and they just walk away in their confusion. And they just go, I don't know. And they leave. To sum it all (laughs) up, we need to ask questions. It's so important to ask questions. We are not trying to say don't ask questions. But we also need to look for the answers. And we need to dig for them. The concept of deconstruction demands that one view Christianity as having hidden assumptions that, when they're challenged, come up woefully short of being adequate. Deconstruction says Christianity has hidden assumptions and there aren't answers for them. But Bethany and I want to refute that. Um, Strongly. Yes, and we're (laughs) going to give you some tips here in a minute on how to do that. But we're going to say we challenge that idea and we say... No, Christianity does not have hidden, unfounded assumptions. 
there are churches out there that have added things to the scriptures. Absolutely. There are churches out there that teach things that you cannot back up with a Bible verse. 100%. But if you are looking at the Bible and you are looking at the core doctrines, that's what we're talking about today, the core doctrines of Christianity, you are not going to find something that is unfounded and cannot be backed by the authority of scripture. So what to do when you're deconstructing your faith? Number one, seek out the experts. A lot of the things that people have problems with, other people have had problems with too, gone and found the answers and then published them. <laughs> like this is, you, your questions are not new. People have been asking those things. So we have almost 2,000 years of church history behind us. There are no questions that have not already been asked. There are answers out there, even if you don't have them in your hands right now. Do some research. Number two, learn how to read the scriptures, then read them. So we often have a disconnect because we don't understand the Bible for what it is. An ancient Jewish text that was written by and for ancient Jews, of which we are not. When we understand where the Bible came from, we can learn to apply it as such, such to our lives, rather than reading it as if it was written 100 years ago by North Americans. Also, find somebody strong in the faith to disciple you. So if you have questions, if you're going through a period of confusion and not being sure about what to do... A lot of people leave the faith because they don't have somebody that they can ask the tough questions to. So seek out somebody who can provide answers. And I mean, not that you need to be best friends with this person or pour out your life story to them, although sometimes that's a good thing to do, <laughs> but just seek out somebody you know personally who has been a Christian for a long time and somebody who has had to just wrestle through some of these answers themselves you know, maybe in these conversations, you can discover some of the answers you're looking for. To those of us who are maybe not currently in that deconstructing challenge, but maybe some of us who have already gone through that, who have had a crisis of faith, who have um, really had to own our own faith, we are responsible to take those who are young in the faith or those who are struggling in the faith under our wings and disciple them. We are the ones responsible for teaching them what the Bible teaches. We're responsible for challenging them, seeing where they're at spiritually and um, anchoring them in the word and then teaching them how to anchor themselves in the word. That's Amen. our responsibility. Amen. I have a quick story here. It sort of relates. When I was in university, I had to take a creation studies class and our professor talked about being an atheist for most of his life. Um, and he had seen some really rough stuff. He had been in war, had men die in his arms, and he was a biologist, like a scientist. And his reasons for not believing in Christianity were scientifically based. So he, I can't remember exactly how we met the guy, but he started, like he was looking for someone to ask the questions of, and God led him to this church. Turns out the pastor of the church had a doctorate in like, microbiology <laughs> or oh, like cool. or like something really scientific related that was right up this guy's alley and he spent two years meeting with him and like they were going through the evidences the scientific evidences for god and for the truth of the bible and this professor actually he became a christian um and he obviously taught biology he was teaching my creation studies class and i just i so remember the genuineness of his faith and it struck me how god uses people where they are and what strengths that they have to help other people mm -hmm. um like it's so neat like if you love science god can use that you love science 
Um, and this, this professor that I had was so impactful and he called us beloved. He called the class beloved, which I thought was just the coolest thing. And he would mm. like pray through the class lists every week, cool. every week he would pray for us by name. And I just, I'm, I'm so thankful to, for the faithfulness of this pastor to use his education and academic background to teach someone else. And all, in saying this, there are people out there who can answer your questions. There are people out there who are smart. Some people think that Christianity is a crutch for those who aren't academically inclined. Heck no. Like, it it's smart. It takes some thinking. When you get deep into there, there's a lot of deep thought going into there. Mostly because it's God and, you know, he's pretty great. Um, and takes a lot of learning, which I'm really excited about. Get to learn forever. But, like, there are people out there who can talk to you and answer your questions. They might not be in your immediate local church. You may have to find them online or, or message them or something, but they're there. The last thing that we want to encourage your, you to do if you are going through a deconstruction process is to understand who God is and the authority of Scripture. And this is something Bethany and I sort of already touched on. If you are struggling with the authority of Scripture, start with, um, we're going to link some resources in our show notes, um, but start with just looking into how we got the Bible, how we got Scripture. A lot of people don't think we legitimately got the Bible. A lot of people think it just sort of is a big game of telephone or that... You know, someone just one day up and decided what books should be in the Bible and which ones shouldn't. And that's not what happened. So educate yourself, figure out where the Bible came from, and then learn to trust its authority and understand who God is. The reason this is so important is because it puts everything into perspective for us and it makes us humble. We as humans cannot possibly understand everything completely, as we mentioned earlier. Realizing this and being humble means that we bring ourselves under the authority of scripture and we recognize that we don't have to like something for it to be true. So this goes, again, back to what we were saying about absolute truth. Absolute truth means it's true no matter whether or not you believe it. And when we recognize the authority of scripture, we recognize the existence of absolute truth. point out because this is like a sub rant this is huge Um, like we both feel so strongly about this okay a lot of people say they have gone through a deconstruction process and the result of that is that they still love jesus they just don't like his church they still love jesus but they just don't read the old testament or they still love jesus but they have a good view of women and this bothers me because if you read the bible you will realize that you cannot have Jesus without his church church, because Christ loves his church and gave himself up for her. And he is, um, the church is to prepare herself for Christ like a bride. Like this is a very intimate relationship that Christ has with the church. So when you tell Jesus, I want you and not your church, then you're not really loving Jesus. You can't love Jesus without loving the church. The other thing is that you cannot have Jesus without the Bible, specifically the Old Testament. A lot of people will say that they just only read the New Testament. They don't read the Old Testament. But like Jesus constantly was quoting from the Old Testament and that's the only Bible he had 
um, in his, that was the Bible when Jesus was on this earth and he's prophesied about and he has spoken about and he has pictured in the sacrifices and in different characters in the Old Testament. Like you cannot separate Jesus in the Bible. And if you want to hear more about this, Bethany, I did a <laughs> podcast episode about this a few back called Jesus versus the Bible. So you can check that out if you'd like. So suffice it to say, you cannot have Jesus without scripture and you cannot have Jesus without his church. Um, you, if you truly love Christ, you will love his church, flaws and all. No church is perfect. Not every church is right. Yes, there are churches with serious issues. Yes, those issues need to be dealt with. But you cannot reject the church and still be truly loving Christ. Okay, I have something to add on to that. Um, not only can you not have Jesus without those things, but if you have a Jesus that perfectly reflects every single view that you have, you don't have Jesus. <laughs> you don't have the real Jesus. You have you. <laughs> and you've slapped the name Jesus on it. <laughs> like, it's not the when you don't allow the bible to impact you and to critique you like you don't allow the holy spirit to do that and you don't allow the bible to do that you don't trust the bible you have something that's made up in your own image you need to allow the bible to correct you because that's what it's for all right next point um i noticed in a lot of these stories that when people were deconstructing they tend to talk about the issues that they have with the church, with the Bible's views on sexuality, with supposed contradictions in the Bible, with issues that they've had with Mary, without all these things. They don't talk about Jesus. They seem to have issues, but they don't address the truth of Jesus. I was thinking about this. If somehow I were to completely deconstruct and lose my faith, my first response would not be to apologize to anyone. It would be to grieve over the loss of Jesus, my relationship to God, and the fact that my sins are no longer forgiven. Hmm. That is the biggest thing. You no longer have a relationship with Jesus. Those things that you do wrong, there's no one to cover them anymore. You have to make up for them. That is the biggest thing that I would grieve. The loss of my relationship to God. Like I, I don't understand how that's not other people's biggest thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be that the reason people leave is because of how they just feel about things. Yes. <laughs> like to like not to not to um minimize what's going on in their hearts, but it seems to be like, you know, well, I was hurt in this way or I feel yeah. uncomfortable about this or I have a hard time reconciling this teaching. And not that those things are not legitimate. You need to wrestle through all those things. If there has been hurt, depending on the hurt, you might need counseling. You need to maybe ask for forgiveness. You need to seek forgiveness. You need to forgive somebody else. Like th These are real issues, but they are not issues to leave Jesus over. And it's possible there are lots of people out there who are going through this deconstruction process and it's not really a deconstruction process. It's growing pains. And they, they are deconstructing the, the stuff that they've been raised in, the, the culture of Christianity, not so much their relationship with Jesus because maybe they've never had a true relationship with Jesus. Right. And so what they're yeah. leaving behind is really to them, it's just all cultural stuff. It's just a social circle. It's not an intimate relationship with Jesus. And if that's you, you need to know that there is there is so much more to Christianity than just this cultural, this society and, and this cultural norm. The heart of Christianity is that your sins have been atoned for and that 
Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, desires an intimate and personal relationship with you. And he wants to glorify himself in you and give you the peace that passes all understanding and invite you to play a part in his grand story of yeah. loving the world. Yeah, that's the heart of Christianity. And and yeah, you might come from a messed up church. There are better churches out there. <laughs> and you can heal from that. So so just if you're going to make a big decision like leaving Jesus behind, that's your choice to make. No one else can make that choice for you. We can't make that choice for you. Just make sure that the Jesus you're leaving is the real one. Yeah, and just make sure that you've you've sought answers to your problems before you make that decision. Yeah. So that would be our encouragement to you. If you are going through this process, seek the answers and make sure you're leaving for for solid reasons <laughs> um, or staying for solid reasons. Yeah. Because Bethany and I have both gone through... Um, I, I wouldn't personally for myself, for my own journey, I wouldn't call it deconstruction, but my faith has been challenged. Yeah, and I've, and I have definitely too. questioned if my faith, if I could not point to where the Bible came from, absolutely I would be doubting the, its legitimacy. There are so many religious texts out there. How are you, how on earth are you supposed to know which one is the right one? Well, the Bible has a lot of historical evidence. And when you dig deep into it, you find there aren't any contradictions and you find that it historically lines up with things and and there's fulfilled prophecy in it and we have done episodes on that as well but you know these are the things where if I did not educate myself if I really just thought that Jesus was a you know was supposed to help me get to heaven that's not much of a reason for me to follow him I I I often think about um, Jesus asking the disciples when so many of his followers left after he gave them a hard teaching, he looked at his 12 disciples and said, are you going to leave as well? And Peter said, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. That is my testimony. I was raised in the church. I don't have this dark past I'm coming out of. I mean, I'm a sinner, of course, but, you know, I, I don't have a traumatic past or anything like that that, I, that Jesus has really had to work in me over that he saved me from. But to whom else will I go? He is the words of eternal life. And that's that's where I'm at personally. And everyone's story looks a little bit different, but that would be my encouragement to you. So in conclusion, deconstruction is a process where someone looks at their beliefs and tries to figure out if they're based on something solid or not, um, and then evaluates those beliefs based on that. And then sometimes they leave the faith, and some, some, sometimes their faith is strengthened through that process. Our encouragement to you would be to do this well. We are going to leave a bunch of resources for you to go through if this is something you're in the process of doing. Um, my encouragement to you specifically would be to do your research carefully. Um, there's a lot of different groups out there that are coming up with evidence against Christianity that's pretty factless factless it's not really based on anything and they're going to try to make a big deal about small things um i think and then there's going to be there's really good evidence out there i mean obviously we both believe christianity is true um but there there is a lot of evidence so do your research um we strongly encourage that that you do that um and we're praying for you <laughs> we we do this for for people not just to hear our own voices in in the kitchen here 
So with that, if you have any questions or comments or if you have any specific prayer requests um, that you'd like Bethany and I to pray for, you can send us an email at renewtheology at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Renew Theology and Facebook at Renew Theology Podcast. And if you are listening on an Apple device, we would love it if you would um, scroll to the bottom of our podcast and tap those stars to give us a rating. That's really an encouragement to us. And if you have a minute to write a review as well, we'd love to know what you think about about the podcast. And subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe um, on whatever device you're listening on. And we look forward to chatting with you next week. Also, quick note, forgot to mention it earlier, but we will be returning now to our weekly episode release. Back to school is happening and all that fun stuff. So we will be releasing an episode every week um, again. And so with that, we will chat with you next week. Bye.